welcome to the Beaver Man Beat Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome in to the very first edition of the Beaver Man Beat. Thanks for joining me. My name is Patrick Moen. Some of you see me on Twitter as Pat Beaverman. Um, you've seen a little bit of me writing on the Beaverman Beat, um, a blog that I created. Um, I figured it's time to take it audio and join the podcasting crew. So a little bit about myself. Um, if you don't know me, I graduated Oregon State in uh, August of 2021. And I've just been living now up here in Portland, still follow the Beavs very closely and thought what better thing to do than start talking about them, write for them, and create some content about them. Um, a couple goals for this podcast is I hope to have two weekly releases um, covering predominantly the three major men's sports at Oregon State, uh, football, basketball, and baseball. Um, and I'll also be covering big news uh, from the other sports around campus as well. Um, I hope to also include uh, Pac-12 news here and there. Um, my goal of sorts is I, I listen to the Joel Klatt podcast and the Greg McElroy podcast, and I like both of them, but they're um, focused on the Big Ten and the SEC respectively. And I'm hoping to uh, be able to create some sort of content that covers the Pac-12 a little more in depth. Um, there's some great options out there, um, but I think a nice local option that also covers the beeves is, is, is needed uh, in the Oregon content area. What I hope to provide content-wise will be series recaps of baseball, series previews for baseball. Um, probably do weekend reviews on uh, basketball just because those games are Thursday, Sundays usually. Um, and then as well, football previews will be a big one. Um, interviews will hopefully get going here as the podcast kind of gets its feet set and we start going on moving forward. Uh, and one thing that I would really like to do is to get fans involved. I want to hear from you guys. Um, I will post on Twitter um, and I hope to get live calls set up and we can call in and, and chat about whatever it is we're discussing um, and maybe if uh, even lead into some fan interviews as well. Um, I see a lot of you guys on Twitter. I know Twitter spaces are big with the Belligerent Views podcast. I really enjoy what those guys are doing there um, and garnering the community. Um, so I think getting some live calls in, doing something like that uh, to do on a podcast form would be interesting. Today being the very first episode, um, there's a couple different plans I had in mind, but I decided to go with what has been weighing on my mind and hopefully some of yours. It is the beginning of the baseball season. We've now passed into February. This will be releasing in the exact middle of February where we will be exactly 10 days away from the return of Oregon State baseball at Goss and three days away from the return of Oregon State baseball in general. Um, They'll be playing in the College Baseball Classic against New Mexico down in Surprise, Arizona. They do their yearly trip. Uh, So taking a peek at the schedule, uh, this is a season that a lot of people have a lot of question marks about. And um, just doing some prep, I was looking at some of the key losses from last year's team, just looking at those super regional lineups. um, And you go down it, and it's name after name um, has either been drafted or signed in the pro ranks, um, missing the likes of Justin Boyd, Wade Meckler, Jacob Melton, Gavin Logan. Uh, Duke Hart has transferred, and unfortunately, he's going to have to do um, surgery uh, to repair an injury, so he is hanging up the cleats for good after transferring to Texas Tech as a grad transfer. Gretler is gone. Fennings is gone. Townsend out for the season. Verberger is gone, as well as DJ Carpenter is gone. Uh, so all over the board, you've got holes from last year. Uh, but just listening to Ken, I'm listening to Bazana. Um, and seeing this recruiting class that they brought in, although there are question marks, I think that they're they're primed to fill in those spots and, and be all right. 
I thought that uh, looking through and watching highlights from last year and seeing where those holes will be, I thought Game 3 of the Super Regional against Auburn last year was a, uh, a nice preview of sorts of what we will see, uh, basically on the pitching side of things. That was one that the Beavs did lose in tough fashion, um, but you saw three pitchers used in that game that will be returning this year in Jaron Hunter, Reed Sebi, and Ryan Brown, um, one of those who I see taking on a bigger role going into the 2023 campaign and finding himself in that weekend rotation. The weekend rotation is something that has probably the most question marks there. Um, looking through off the page, Jaron Hunter, um, I hope to see him. I thought he looked dominant in that matchup. He went five innings, only gave up one hit. Um, unfortunately, that one hit was a big fly to the big fella, um, Sonny Deshera, um, and that kind of gave Auburn the start that they needed. But a really, really nice performance from him, limiting only one walk. Um, through five innings, you have to like those numbers, keeping people off the base. I think defense will be a strong suit for the Beavs this season. Uh, but sticking with the rotation, Jacob Kamatz is primed to have a huge season. Uh, Jerpy are huge shoes to fill. Uh, the first-round draft pick going to the Cardinals. A dominant left-hander, wipeout slider. Good luck to anybody that was standing in the left-handed box against him. Um Kamatz and Hunter both thrown from the right side, but they're going to be presents that the Beavers are going to need on the bump to get through some of those weekend series. And then that third spot is kind of a question mark right now. Um, there's a couple people returning that I think maybe could fill that in, some Tuesday starters. Uh, but the one that I thought was interesting and staying away from the chalk, uh, I'm excited to see from Nelson Kelho, a true freshman out of Oregon, a local kid. Um, he played for the Knights in Goss this summer. Uh, didn't play a ton, but got some run. Um, 10 and a third, 12 hits, 6 earned. Um, all the runs he gave up were earned. Uh, 3 walks and 7 strikeouts. Um, so a promising summer there for the young pitcher, the young lefty. And I think it'd be nice to get a lefty on that weekend rotation somewhere. Um, some of these teams, especially in the Pac-12, one of the more loaded baseball conferences in the country, if they see a right-handed pitcher three three times in a weekend to, to start, um, I think we'll run into some problems there late in the week, especially as you start to get thin in the bullpen and that starter's not quite going to be as strong as some of your uh, front-end rotation guys. Uh, he's got some nasty stuff, Kelho does. Junior year in high school, put up two no-hitters and had a sub-1 ERA. Um, I think this kid is going to come in I don't think he'll have quite the impact that Bazana did as a true freshman, because um, that is something that you really never see. Um, but Kelho will come in, and I think he'd be a really nice fit on that Sunday start. Give him a couple games at the beginning of the season to work it out. Uh, I think maybe giving him that Monday game at the very end of the Arizona set against Santa Barbara would be a nice test. Santa Barbara looking like the most formidable opponent in that Arizona trip outside of uh, Minnesota and New Mexico. Um, so I think that'd be a nice test for him. Get him pitching in some nice warm weather um, before throwing him on the bump here up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, maybe instill some confidence in the kid. Outside of pitching-wise, um, looking at the bats, it's going to be a lot of young kids having to step up and take on bigger roles than they had last year. And the person that I think is primed to do that is Kyle Dernetti. Um, I think he will have a huge year. It's my big prediction. Um, struggled at the plate a little bit last year. He uh, played in 60 games, 20 or 58 of those were starts, um, only batted 216, six doubles, a triple, one long bomb, and 15 RBIs, um, and that was predominantly out of the nine hole or at the bottom half of that lineup. 
Um, I expect him up towards the top this year, one, maybe two. The speed is there. He did swipe five bags last year, um, and he also has shown flashes of pop uh, with those extra base hits. I think him, he's, his glove is needed up the middle. Uh, I think you're going to have another formidable uh, player on the other side there. I look to Travis Bazana to absolutely continue um, what he started last year. I mean, you couldn't ask more from the freshman. If you go on his, his page on the Oregon State Baseball website and under 2022, his freshman season, the bullet points, um, I mean, you have to scroll. Collegiate Baseball First Team uh, All-American, Perfect Game First Team Freshman All-American, National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association Freshman All-American, All-Pac-12 First Team, Pac-12 All-Defense. He was a Pac-12 Player of the Week on March 21st. He started 63 games for the Beavs as a true freshman. Batted over 300, 16 doubles, 4 triples, 6 home runs, 44 RBIs, and 14 stolen bags. I mean, this guy, as a sophomore, is going to be someone that the Beavs are going to need to look to as a leader. He's going to have to step up as a yeah, young, young player on the team, but really be someone that these young players look up to. Um, and I think that that's a, an important role for him, seeing that how many young players and question marks there are, seeing how he performed in his freshman year, how he handled it, how he adjusted, um, and looking to him for answers. And uh, just off of his press conferences already this season, um, he seems to be able to fit that role well. Um, he's talking well of lots of young players. Gavin Turley um, is a big one and one that I think headlines that recruiting class. Uh, he was an All-American in high school. He got drafted by the Diamondbacks in the 19th round. He was rated as the 87th um, top prospect in the draft. Uh, perfect game All-American. Played in the area code. 317 as a senior in high school. 32 hits in 33 games. 8 doubles, 15 home runs. I mean, almost half of his hits were home runs. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really interesting player who is going to get some run in an outfield that you've lost I mean, all three of your starters, and you lost Boyd, Meckler, and Melton. Um, I think him, Micah McDowell, is poised to make a leap. We've seen flashes of him. And uh, I think with those outfield vacancies, I think you'll see a lot of these young guys fill in. And um, it's, a, it's a bit of a tricky place to play. That left field fence, um, as the season goes on, those Sunday afternoon games, um, you'll have the sun coming right down in your eyes. Dixon out there and getting waiting for that sun to go down. Um, Tricky corners, especially down there in right field and with Casey's corner and that under, the underneath area, the visiting batting cages. And God, it's going to be neat, though, and I'm very, very excited. Just that smell, the smoke rising off the left and right field uh, pavilions out there, the fans shuffling into the, the GA in the, uh, in the outfield. There's nothing like that walk from the downward dog down to the stadium, and the second you cross Monroe, you can hear the hear the country music blasting from batting practice, and uh, I won't be waiting in that line this year, but in the years past... Uh, having to wait in that line a couple hours early against those big weekend games to get some tickets um, as a student. Goss is a, is a magical place to be on a beautiful spring Saturday and Sunday. Uh, those Friday night games are electric. They get a little chilly, um, but I think this Beaver team will be one that wants to make people stay at the park and, and really watch these games. With these young teams, it's so exciting. You're on the edge of your seat waiting for all of these guys to kind of explode I know if any local also Mariners fans have it it's uh you know every at bat with Julio and, and Kelnick you're you're waiting to see just a flash of brilliance because you know they're capable of it and uh, I think that's one thing that Beaver fans will have to hold on this year just all these young guys on the mound at the plate in the field um, it's going to be a really really fun year to be an Oregon State baseball fan 
Looking at the schedule too, I think because of all those question marks, it's tough for people to make a prediction on where the Beavs are going to finish here in the pack. Um, you know you're going to have your strong teams down in SoCal. Your NorCal teams are always going to put up a fight. Um, and Washington looks to be a tricky team this year as well. I know Oregon's getting some preseason votes. Um, I'll play the bias here. Um, I mean, Oregon State swept them last year. I'm watching highlights as we speak. Um, they've got that Oregon ball club's number, and I don't know what it is. Um, they do have the weekend series this year in Eugene. Um, that's played in early April, and then they'll get the Tuesday game here in Corvallis, and I'm pretty sure that that game is considered a non-conference matchup, um, which I always find interesting that they'll sneak those in midweek, um, but they won't have any conference standing or ramifications going for them. Uh, your home series this year. Starting off, the very first home series is Coppin State, um, small school. They'll be coming in last weekend of February, 535 first night, and then two afternoon first pitches um, going into the weekend. I expect it to be cold, rainy. I think this is a big weekend for pitching for Oregon State. I don't think Coppin State puts much on the board. I do think Oregon State sweeps this series, um, and I think they sweep it rather easily. Um, I'm not sure if this was a plan in the schedule, but I do think it works out nicely. That just not a very tricky opponent, but this being college baseball, anything can happen. Uh, pitchers can have a bad day. Hitters can have a big day. People may be seeing the ball well one day and not the other. Uh, but that is one that I expect Oregon State to take care of business. And then they get a nice road trip uh, ahead of them that next weekend. They're going down to um, San Luis Obispo and hopefully enjoy some nice weather. Cal Poly, again, tricky opponent, um, smaller school. But uh, I think Oregon State will win the series. I could see them dropping one of the four. It is a four-game set Thursday to Sunday. Um, I think with that young pitching and the unproven pitching, at some point there it's going to get stretched and just hoping that it is not a Thursday or Friday game because that um, could could mean for a tough, tough sledding on Saturday and Sunday. Um, they'll come right back up to Corvallis one day off. They'll get a, a Tuesday night game against San Diego. Uh, this is a game that they played uh, three or four years ago, and it was a, a massacre. Uh, I think Oregon State won 28-2 to two or something of that sort. Um, so I think this will be... Um, a nice one, but also only that one day off after a four-day series. You're going to hope to get another 28-2 to two game uh, just to save some of that pitching because uh, right after that, you've got conference play starting. Washington State's rolling in. I don't expect Washington State to contend uh, for a Pac-12 title by any means, uh, but you are jumping up now to Division One Power 5 baseball, um, and you'd love to have your arms rested there. They do get the Friday start, so a couple days off in between. Um, a quick stint with Nevada. They'll come up. This seems to be an every other year um, game that's or series that's happening here at Goss. Um, obviously, I think of, and I'm sure many of you do, Rutschman's Inside the Park Grand Slam just past an outstretched diving center fielder. I will always think of that when I see Nevada coming to Goss Stadium um, on like a rainy night Tuesday. I, I don't know if I was strong enough to go, but I was watching from home, and, and that place was, was going nuts for those strong beaver faithful that stuck it out. Um, a nice trip in what I assume will be the hardest road trip of the year is a three-game set at Sunken Diamond against the Stanford Cardinal. 
Stanford is year in and year out. No matter if they have the ranking coming with them, they're going to be a tough squad to play. Pac-12 champions last year beat Oregon State in the Pac-12 championship game. I do think Oregon State probably drops this series. I think this will be the first series they drop on the year. Just a tough place to go play, a storied ballpark, a storied program. Uh, I'd love for them to take two. I definitely don't see them sweeping this series. Um, I don't see them getting swept in this series, but I do think that they will uh, only pull out one, and um, I think it'll be that Friday game which is when they've got their ace, whether that is Hunter or Kmatz going. Hopefully by this time of the year, those pitchers will start to have separated themselves. I know it's fairly common, especially with Oregon State. You see that pitching scramble go on for a while into the season until you get those three guys really solidified. Um, and your Tuesday guys are usually a rotation of young young bullpen guys, which Portland will be on the other end of when they come to Corvallis after that trip to Stanford. Midweek game against Portland, always tricky. Um, Beavs always seem to squeak it out. It'll be a nice preview for the annual Hillsborough game. Um, which will be happening later on in the season. That one is a May 9th pitch um, out at Ron Tonkin. Um, always a packed game, always a great game to be at. Um, tons of Beaver fans make their way out there, and it really makes for a, a, an excellent environment, and hopefully it's a beautiful night out there in Hillsboro. Um, you've got the Cal Series at home late March. Cal's another one I expect to be competitive um, and I think this is where we will see Oregon State's first conference sweep. I think, um, how I mentioned on the pitching staff side, this is where Oregon State will have their rotation figured out, dialed in. Hopefully you get those fielding pieces and those the lineup figured out now. Rolling into April, this is where I want to see the Beavs kind of solidify everything they've got and start to build for hopefully a, a long postseason run. It's still early to be talking about that in late March, early April, um, but just the stretch that you go on after that, you're going to kind of need to have everything figured out. You go to Seattle for three against Washington, two Eugene, three against Oregon. You get two at home against Gonzaga, who don't discredit Gonzaga. I think they'll be a strong team. It's one that you think you can get by, and they showed it last year. They they really mucked up the game, and they ended up stealing one from the Beavs um, in an early weekday game. That's exactly what these are. Monday and Tuesday, April 10th and 11th. And then you welcome in the Trojans to town mid-April. So the conference slate really isn't getting any easier here. Washington, Oregon, SC, to Arizona State. Uh, While you're in Phoenix, stay an extra day. They're going to play Grand Canyon, soak up the weather, and then the other Arizona school will make their trip up to Corvallis. Um, That's when they're following that trip. They will have their home game against Oregon. That is not a Pac-12 game. And then Utah comes in, the Hillsborough game, down to UCLA, and they'll finish up with another game against Portland at Goss and three against Western Carolina. So you've got a stretch there of just tough conference opponents, Washington, Oregon, SC, Arizona State, Arizona. This is where you're going to find out what this Beaver team is made of, how far they can make it, and just because of how young this team, if they can make it. Um, You've got to win three of these series um, at the least I think to make a run for an at-large bid um, if you take three of these five um, that probably puts you fourth or third heading to Scottsdale for the tournament um, I think that would lock you in as an at-large especially if you can win a game or two down there hopefully Pactable officials can figure uh, that whole thing out that was a bit of a mess um, last year with the heat and that brutal game against uh, UCLA who could forget it 
um, a tough, tough loss, but I can't, <laughs> I can't blame the bees. I mean, you're running on empty at that point. That was a marathon of a game, and um, it seemed like the ball was flying all over the park. So it's it's tough to say here uh, on this Oregon State schedule. There's so many unknowns, so many teams that also have unknowns in the pack. Um, you're not sure what to expect from. I mean, you could even loop Cal into that conference stretch, and if you do, that includes Stanford in it. And at that point, that is all but one conference series where um, there's signs of a little bit of trouble. They, they have some nice days off in between and some nice non-conference games. Um, but but it, it, once this schedule gets going, it is going to be marquee matchup after marquee matchup uh, for the Beavers. So a young team, they will be tested early on. And it'll be really, really exciting to see kind of where it goes from there. And what it's going to look like going into late late May, seeing hopefully we're not sitting there on selection day, um, nervous or anxious, but uh, definitely a fun season for the Beavs. Hopefully the weather graces Goss um, like it did, I, I want to say, last year. Um, if I remember right, plenty of gorgeous days down at, at, uh, at Coleman Field at Goss Stadium, soaking in a couple $2 hot dogs on Fridays, $3 beers on Saturdays. Um, it doesn't get much better than that. I pass on the nachos on Sundays myself. Um, if I'm going, I'll go back to my $6 uh, Coors or whatever it may be that they're charging you. So yeah, I guess my predictions for the season, I'm not going to try and predict a record. I think that is, um, I, you'd have a better odds win in the lottery trying to predict a record on that. Uh, coming off of the season last year in which you had so much senior talent, so much older talent. Um, you set up, get drafted, and signed, and, and leave that way. Um, coming off a 48-18 and 18 stint, 20-10 and 10 in conference, and a 21-10 and 10 record at Goss, they're going to need that, I think. Those home series are what is going to be the determinant. They're going to have to win those. Unfortunately, they don't have the right ones, I want to say. The, some of their tougher ones are on the road. You get Cal at home. And you get USC at home, as well as Arizona. Um, so good ones there, but having to go to Washington, to Oregon, back-to-back weekends with no games in between helps. You're not going to use up any of that pitching on a Tuesday, um, but also maybe getting a little bit of that hometown love um, on a Tuesday or Wednesday night would help there. Um, Goss has its ways of filling up on those weekday games. So it'll be interesting. I think they do win is enough of those series. Um, a sweep located in one of those series would be huge um, and would go a long way to giving them a favorable seating in the tournament. I think that's going to be huge. Um, if they can pull a weaker conference opponent in that first round of the tournament and, and get out of where they're at, get one win in the tournament, I think that locks them in. They have a nice finishing series with Western Carolina. That should be enough to give them some time to rest up. Hopefully they know who they're playing or roughly, and I think it would help if it's somebody that they see during the regular season. Um, that first game for the tournament, if they don't get the bye, would be May 23rd. Um, it will be a warm one, I can almost assure it. I do think with those series wins, though, if they get them, this is a team that will be in the field at the very end come tournament time. Uh, I don't think Goss gets a regional this year, but I don't want to... Uh, eliminate the possibility of them getting a super. 
I think if Oregon State gets to a regional, I do think they will win it. Um, and that falls more so on the leadership of this team uh, with Mitch Kahneman and his staff. Uh, I think they really have this team heading in the right direction. There was a, a, a year or two there after the, the Pat Casey departure that uh, it was kind of uncertain, uh, but I think that that is solely just based off of the expectations that Pat Casey instilled in this program. Uh, Mariners execs raved about Canem when Scott Barnes made the hire, and I think we're kind of seeing that payoff here now too. Recruiting to Corvallis is no easy task. He signed a, a top 25 class. Turley's a huge get, and getting Turley to not sign uh, with the Diamondbacks and coming to play a couple years here in Corvallis was a huge win. Uh, so depending on where they go, um, you know, obviously if they, if they're pulling a, a one or two seed and they're having to go down into SEC country. That makes things a whole lot tougher, but uh, but I wouldn't count this team out. They will be a two seed in the regional, in my opinion. Hopefully, pull a, a conference winning team from a small northeastern conference of some sort and uh, and get out of that. Get on the right foot. Um, we don't want to run the the 2007 route, or I'm sorry, the 2006 route of, of dropping every game possible in the tournament and winning all the ones you had to. I think the Supers is probably the end of the road for this team. I don't see it being an Omaha squad, but I think getting to the Supers back-to-back years, uh, and especially with all the young talent on this team, would be a monumental step for this program and one that would put the Beavers on a track to turn those consecutive Supers into a stretch of runs to the Final Eight, a stretch of runs that find themselves back in Omaha. And I can't recommend enough for any baseball fan, Oregon State or not, and whether or not Oregon State's playing or not, go. Um, it is an exceptional time, an exceptional place, something that, that everybody should check out at least once. Uh, looking forward to posting this February 14th, but depending on how this uh, recording went and how editing goes, this is my first crack at all of this. There was one one take I had to erase there, I misspoke, um, but training wheels were learning. I hope to hear from you guys, see what you guys think before the season gets going, I know Baseball America and D1 Baseball kind of put their fingerprints on everything and then put them behind a paywall. Um, I don't want to discredit them for doing that, but I hope to never have to do that for you guys and hope to be able to bring you good enough um, coverage that you can find the answers you're looking for. It will be Oregon State and Pac-12 centric. Um, so I'm not sure how many of you guys go looking for SEC stuff, but there's so many writers down there and, and content creators that that stuff's easy to find. It is just not quite the case like that in the Pac-12. So I hope to be an answer for that. Open to questions, um, a mailbag style. Um, but also, if you have any interest in coming on as a caller and just talking Oregon State baseball, Oregon State basketball, football, whatever it may be, um, basketball is coming down the stretch here um, and looking promising. It's tough to say after we just watched what happened to them against Arizona, um, but easier after saying what happened to them at Arizona State and Colorado. So wrapping things up here, I'm hoping to keep these all around the 30-minute mark, which this one is coming in just shy of, hopefully, some editing one. I will cut it down, create some some live air all the time, and, and we'll get some segments and interviews and, and fan call-ins going. There are a couple people that will probably become regulars here on the show, um, just a couple buddies of mine that I've been speaking to, so hopefully you guys get to know them. A couple in particular that I'm very excited to get on because I know that they will have some takes um, that need more ears on them. Let's just say that there there are some wild heinous takes out there, and I figured with our conversations, uh, let's let's put them in podcast form. Let's record them down and start getting them going. So hopefully you guys made it through all the way with me. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we will see how this editing process goes. Might have been a little scatterbrained. Um, I only have 
a sheet or two here of real good notes that I took, um, and it's all kind of laid out uh, sporadically. Um, so please share, follow me. Uh, this is a separate Twitter page. This will just be used really for releases and interacting um, with you guys, setting up calls, interviews, um, whatever it may be. Please don't hesitate. There are a few of you um, that I'm really hoping will reach out, and I'd love to collab with some of the other content creators here uh, for Oregon State, whether it's Belligerent Beeves or the Peyton Years, uh, Beaver Blitz, the damn podcast, Carter Bonds, Angie Machado. would love to hear from you guys. Um, but thank you very much. I appreciate it. There will be more to come. I hope to have two releases weekly. Tuesdays and Thursdays will be my goal. Um, and I think that we will kind of go on more of an opinion piece on Thursday that will be more Pac-12 centered. And uh, let's just say I think you guys will find it uh, interesting, enjoyable, and hopefully we'll, we'll draw some feedback from, from the SEC crowd. I'm going after the conference that claims that it just means more. So we will see about that. Thank you for listening again. This was the Beaverman Beats' very first podcast. Please drop a like, follow, or retweet would be huge. I'd like to see this kind of take off and get going and get more of you guys involved on the podcast and hear some of your takes. Uh, thank you very much. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you.